Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 60, Breakfast and Brains. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and and Jessica's Jessica's Day of Fun. Fun. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Rosie. Did you know this is our 60th episode? I did know that because I have a spreadsheet open and I can count. Well done, you. Thank you. Do you want a certificate? For being able to count or for doing 60 episodes? Oh, well, either at this point, to be honest, it's fine. This is this is good. Well, we took a little break because I went on holiday. How was that? Yes, it was good fun. I went to York because... That was something new and different for you. Yeah, I like adventure and change. A change is as good as a rest, so I had neither. <laughs> as as long-time listeners will know, that's where I went to university and is my go-to getaway city because... I'm just totally comfortable there. I know where everything is. I know where you can get a meal. I know where you can get a coffee. I mean, I did struggle a little bit with finding coffee places where one could camp in a comfortable chair. I don't want no wooden hollowback chairs. I don't know where that went. No, that went in an upsetting direction. Let me start at the beginning. Shall we do general introduction and then holiday chat? Or let's do holiday chat now. We're on holiday chat. Oh, we seem to have meandered into holiday chat. Yeah, let's keep going. So I had a lot of reward points that needed using up. So I had a free first class return to York. A thank you very much. And this can actually, I mean, if you are buying tickets and you're thinking you might have to buy food, look at what the price difference is because you can get a lot of free food in first class if your journey is over 70 minutes. Uh, you get free alcohol, but my train was at 10.30 in the morning, so I chose not to have any. So I got on my train I had downloaded Bell and Sebastian's Glastonbury set onto my iPad to watch on the train. Of course he had. Got a free meal, but they do a meal no matter what time your train journey is. So I found myself eating a warm cheese and tomato tart with a side salad at 10 to 11 in the morning. It's not quite right, is it? Yeah, it was fine. Did they not do something kind of brunchy? Yeah, like croissants. No, you basically get the lunch service. It goes straight from breakfast to lunch. I realised approximately 12 hours before my train departed from London King's Cross that the York Early Music Festival was on that week. So I went and saw a couple of concerts for the York Early Music Festival and anyone who has ever spent a Sunday morning with me will know I love early music. It's my favourite. What you really like is Christmas music in July. Not in an Australian kind of summer in July sort of way, just a... Summer in July, Jessica, think about that one. <laughs> Is that what I said? Christmas in July. Yeah, that was one time, like 15 years ago. <laughs> and then I, I learnt that choral music... <laughs> right, so Jessica once came in to find me wearing headphones plugged into my cassette boombox in July. And she said, what are you listening to? And I had to confess that I was listening to my favourite tape of Christmas music. I have now found that choral music is the same... But you can listen to that all year round, which is why I now have my brilliant breakfast routine, which is I lay out the breakfast things the night before. I recommend that. It really makes me feel organised and special as a person. Special being the operative word. Well, like you have a butler. But it's secretly me. I'm fight clubbing myself, but it's butler club. So then you come down in the morning, put Radio 3 on, refill the water filter. While that's dribbling through, open the curtains in the kitchen. That will have then dribbled through so you can fill up the kettle. And the kettle's boiling, open all the other curtains downstairs. I like a routine. <laughs> Early music, York, but a boom, but a bing. Went to see Mr. Holmes by myself at the cinema. Great. Recommend. Ian McKellen. It is. Went to Betty's, obviously. 
obviously. Twice. I went to a brilliant ve- vegan and vegetarian restaurant that you'd really like. Not the one we went to last time, a different one called Goji. You know what uh, the one we went to last time does? Really good sticky toffee pudding. Call back. Yes, this one does really good pecan pie. Sticky toffee pudding. Oh, I didn't even... Re- I was like, what are we... Got sticky toffee pudding. Then I got evacuated from Waterstones because somebody bought some tea cakes. Amazing. There's a cafe. <sighs> okay, so I made a list of all the places I wanted to eat, but one of the constants was at 6.30, and it's quite difficult to find an independent cafe or restaurant that will serve you a meal at 5.30, because a lot of them close at 4.30 or 5. So I went to Wagamama. That is inconvenient. And I also did go to the cafe in the Waterstones, which is better than the Starbucks I nearly went to. But while I was there, yes, they did burn some tea cakes and we got evacuated. Wandered round, wore a cagoule, bought a lot of wool, which we'll come to later. I stayed in a lovely B&B I've stayed in before. That was my holiday. I feel like that was a really poor explanation. Did you have a nice time? Mm, eh, average. Did you have an Effie's? I didn't have an Effie's. That's what your problem was. Didn't go to the Oki's van. Did go and stand outside the Willow Disco. Did you have a full cooked breakfast at that place? Pick and Lily's. No, because I was getting a full cooked breakfast every day on my B and B. Of course, yeah. There's a little calf called Pick and Lily's that a friend of the show Tom and I used to go to, and we are convinced that the lady who runs it thought we were a couple. And I have been trying since we graduated to get him to go back with me with a buggy. <laughs> but she's still there, so that plan could still work. You know, it'd be really good if the buggy turned out to have a cat in it. <laughs> I thought maybe on our last trip he could propose in Piccadilly's. That would be really good fun. Basically, we're just lying to a woman and abusing her trust because she was always really kind. And that would seem mean. It would seem mean, but hilarious. So Amusing, but to what end? Oh, and I went to a National Trust cafe. National Trust? Yes. Was the National Trust cafe attached to a National Trust property? It was, which I didn't go round because I'd been before. It wasn't Fountains Abbey, was it? It wasn't Fountains Abbey. I'd have told you, I'd have led with that. Uh, no, it's called Treasurer's House. I didn't go to any museums or galleries or exhibitions because I've done them before and I get quite tired, so I don't do the walking very much. So my entire days was just plonking myself around in different cafes, going back to my B&B, doing my knitting. Oh, that sounds very nice. Yeah, it was quite delightful, actually. Avoiding anyone I knew who lives in the city. Excellent work. Yeah, I want to just go and be alone. Should have gone to the uh, the Lake District for that. Yeah, or not to a city where all my friends live. <laughs> I could have um, spilt some hot water on your foot and you could have been trapped inside, unable to go for a walk. You could have taken some laudanum and written an amazing poem that made you famous for the rest of your life. Oh, and we're talking about Mr Kubler Khan, aren't we? Yeah. Because when you said about spilling hot water, I thought maybe you were talking about when <laughs> Princess Margaret burnt herself. And forever would be mentioned as Princess Margaret. He burnt her feet. <laughs> Got a lot of time for Princess Margaret. Got a lot of time for Princess Anne. So that was my holiday. Oh, what bizarre opening to the podcast. <laughs> Nine minutes of strange Yorkshire chat. Yeah, that was good. I'm about to talk about something that I'm not supposed to talk about, so it's great. You're breaking state secrets. I had a really boring holiday and Princess Margaret's burnt her feet. <laughs> Again. Jessica. Rosie. You did an excitement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have many regrets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my uh, my main and most notable activity since we last recorded the podcast was that um, I went to Secret Cinema, which was uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back themed. That's about all I can say. So yeah, I had a good time. Um, much fun was had by all. Do you concede that The Empire Strikes Back is better than Return of the Jedi? Uh, I'm possibly coming around to it. Yeah. 
but then I haven't I, I haven't just watched Return of the Jedi otherwise I've just watched Empire Strikes Back so it's kind of it's you know and the, the thing that's most fresh in your mm, mind is mm, like the one mm. that stands out so you want to like that more was it a fiasco <laughs> because long-term listeners will again remember that last year neither of us went to see the Back to the Future secret cinema but I spent a lot of time reading about it on Twitter because it wasn't built and it opened really late <laughs> And I love a fiasco, which of course then got us talking about the This American Life section with the fiasco production of Peter Pan, where a child is flown into a wardrobe. <laughs> uh, uh, not like into just, you know, steps inside the wardrobe with the doors open. I mean, he hits the side of it. It was fine. Oh, and Captain Hook's hook flew off into the audience and hit an old lady in the face. We'll link to that again. Uh, injury is not funny. I'm just confused because Secret Cinema used to be you just booked a ticket and you went to a mystery location and now you know exactly what you're getting. And I mean, I don't wish to, you know, I'm sure it was a great thing, but I can't imagine that there was that much that they were doing that I couldn't guess they would do. Like from the Back to the Future one, it was just like a recreation of the town. You wandered around, there were little bits and bobs you could see, and then you watched the film. It's not like you're not not able to tell me that you all got flown into outer space. And you are now actually a Jedi. I mean, you have no way of knowing that. I could be. Well, firstly, you'd be a Sith. So <gasps> you're a traitor with the Rebel Alliance. Have I told you about the amazing video? Where you can still hear him talking. No, it's not even Darth Vader. When they were shooting, Chewbacca, the actor, Peter Mayhew, yeah. just made up some lines in English for everyone to react to. So, And then they dubbed it over with... So there's a great clip of the scene where they've just met Obi-Wan and they've just got uh, Chewbacca and obviously he's not got a moving mouth but he cocks his head to the side and this voice says The old man's mad! And then Han Solo says You said it, Chewie! (laughs) (laughs) It's so The old man's mad! It's great. And the great thing is not many people know that. Not uh, not a lot of people (laughs) know that. You can show that to your friend. I mean, obviously we've got a million listeners. The secret's out. But you know, I recommend that because a great thing at parties or in a pub and with the power of 3G I'm sorry, 4G, it's 2015 you can show that video you don't have to say there's just a video Yeah, what have we seen this week, what have we seen this week can be done live So you did a thing that you're not allowed to talk about So before I went to York finally the day came Yoshi's Woolly World came out (laughs) So I didn't leave the house for 13 days as some listeners know I have ME I'm not always up to scratch, shall we say. That's one way of putting it. Another way is that I've been working on my night cheese for 18 months. <laughs> anyway, so I hadn't left the house and I was very much looking forward to this special day of fun. Great tie-in, See Rosie. See what you did there. Without leaving the house. So I got up, I had my breakfast routine, put on my stitch onesie, put on my eyeliner because it was a fancy day, downloaded it on the Wii U because you can buy games I even leave in the bloody house now, had a count on arts pizza, which I would not recommend, and two non-alcoholic beers. I played a knitting-themed game. The non-alcoholic beers? Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of a non-alcoholic beer. Okay. I am living my best life. But the game is great. Oh, it's so cute, and it's all woolen, and... Yoshi makes things quite hard in places. I found some bits genuinely tough, and it is designed for children. So Yoshi's Woolly World is brilliant. It sounds fun. I would very much like to play it. Come over now. Okay, I'll be there in... An hour and a half. An hour and a half. In a half. Also, now I live with a robot. Yeah, how's that panning out for you? Has it... um... Taken over? Yeah. No. I now own a Roomba. 
So Asimov's rules are, are still applicable. Yes. He's called DJ Roomba because of the Parks and Recreation thing. So he's great, so I don't have to hoover now. He just does it. It's really cute, and he plays a little tune when he finishes. And there's sometimes he goes around the lakes of chairs like he's maple dancing. <laughs> I'd got that. And then there's a program called Humans on Channel 4, which is all about uh, android helpers. Yes, I've, and I I've think come across it. The implication is that they're meant to be sinister, and we should consider whether we actually ever want this technology. And within five minutes, I was like, yes, I w- where's this technology now? Give me one. I'll have them all if you don't want them. Even if they're malfunctioning and evil, I'm, I, I could do that. I'd definitely have a robot. They'd be so efficient. They could do stuff that I didn't want to do while I was busy doing stuff that I did want to do. He could lay out my breakfast things for me. Oh God, you could have a actual butler. <sighs> the boxes that they've got all of the um, accessories in just look exactly like computer boxes do. And everything held together with their little twist eyes with a bit of sellotape over the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've not unboxed a Barbie in years. For obvious reasons. Yeah, obviously. Now all the ones you get are collector's items. Yeah, no, they're all on display. You don't take them out of the boxes. So I, I live with a robot and I play woolen games and I go on weird holidays where I don't do anything. And you go on activities you're not allowed to talk about. Yeah. Do anything else? Who are you? Uh, No, not really. I've eaten a lot of ready meals. Top five ready meals, go. I had a cannelloni, which I never had before. I enjoyed that very much. Any kind of potato topped pie, uh, cottage pie... Incorrect. I don't like the soggy layer you get between the filling and the potato. Oh my god, I've just thought of a way to fix it. It's not vegan though. Stir it all in. Put cheese. Layer of grated cheese, then potato. Inverse. Yeah, it would be a bit difficult in a ready meal though, because you have to open the packet, scrape off the potato, put the cheese. (sighs) But maybe they should factor that in and do it for you before they... like. Chicken spirali bake, which they used to sell in Marks and Spencers. They've not done so for ten years, but I still think about it. Maybe every six weeks. (laughs) Uh, Lasagna... Lasagna's great. You didn't actually want me to do this, did you? That was a I, joke. I mean, I, I don't mind. You can if you want to. Because I'm looking at the single so anyway, ready meal so. trays, but um, the sweet and sour chicken balls I used to eat in Marks and Spencer's maybe 10 years ago, that were good. And I realised that I would buy a packet of special rice and eat the whole thing, and it was really a thing for two people. And then I did that and watched Shaun of the Dead, and I really felt sick, and it was a combination of the two. Right, we're having this conversation at work the other day about uh, serving suggestion or portion sizes that mm-hmm. are suggested on the size of packets. Prompted by the fact that I had bought in Tesco's balsamic salad pearls. So like little solid bits of balsamic vinegar. Like bath pearls from the body shop. But tiny. But they're not like balsamic vinegar on the inside. They're a jelly substance all the way through, but not jelly. This is some Heston Blumenthal nonsense. It is, kind of. The problem is they're not a good substitute for salad dressing because you still end up with like a load of dry leaves and then every so often, oh, balsamic vinegar. So you pop them? No, they don't pop. You just bite through them. But you bite through them and then does liquid burst out of them? No, this one's, they're solid all the way through. Oh, okay. And the side of the little pot says contains two servings and it is the only thing in the entire world where i think that the serving suggestion is too large because i couldn't eat half of a tub in one go well since i've learned what serving suggestions of cereal are and i now weigh my cereal because otherwise you just don't know what you're doing you go woefully off piste do you then follow the 30 gram suggestion yes most days remember i don't need very much energy from my breakfast it's only got to power me through three hours of sitting down i don't go anywhere Surely of all the people you need more energy from your breakfast cereal. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I've not been diagnosed with not eating enough Wheatos. Maybe that's where they've been going wrong. Yeah, a box of cereal says contains 12 servings. And you think, I'm lucky to get three out of it. What's wrong with you? No, if you actually measure it out, you get a, it's really cost effective. 
Yes, but then I'd have to eat three bowls because I'd still be hungry. I could get 12 servings out of it, but I would eat three or four of them in, in one sitting. I'd just keep serving them. Well, no, I have a standard serving at breakfast, which is like 8.39, and then I'll have an apple just before morning nap, which is 11. But I didn't even... Oh, no, I had a muffin. <laughs> anyway, we've had a lot of cereal chat in recent episodes. We have. Uh, one more. You know a can of soup claims to contain two servings. Who eats half a can of soup? Even as a starter? Uh, uh, cans, yes. Did you know that you can get cans that are two-thirds the size of a standard can? I didn't, but given that I consider one tin to be a serving. You know there's like 600 mil, like the kind of the pint-sized... Plastic uh, ones from M&S, Moroccan yeah, chicken soup. Yeah, I like the super green food one. Yeah, that's two servings. No, that's that's dinner. You are smoking soup crack if you think that that is... How big is your stomach? You're like a cow. You've got four stomachs all for well, soup. Well, apparently it's the size of a pint of soup <laughs> plus some bread because you can't just have soup. Or some saltines. You wouldn't have the bread if you were having the two servings of soup. I think we're going to have to do, agree to disagree on this. Soup. Send us your thoughts on soup. Top. F- oh, no, we did We did top five stews. That wasn't soup, though, was it? We did top five soups and stews. Moroccan chick- I'm Moroccan chicken soup. Are you? Are you? But what kind of soup? No. Do you have a song? Yes, I do. It is Free Brains by Jonathan Coulton. I especially like the live version. I like the bit where it says nobody's going to eat your eyes. Yeah, it's like, we're not unreasonable. No one's going to eat your eyes. Uh, it's a kind of designed as a corporate memo from uh, one colleague to another, except the former is now a zombie. Um, and it's trying to negotiate him and his associates eating the rest of the company. It's quite entertaining. Um, but the live version has... Uh, the whole crowd just shouting the chorus. And they get told off for being too polite to start with in the version I heard. Oh, and Ask Me Another? Oh, I just had uh, one off of an album on Spotify. I see. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Coulton, who appears on uh, Ask Me Another on NPR. You know who his best friend is? Do tell. Judge John Hodgman? Uh, of course, yes. We're not doing top five this week because... Because we haven't written one. Basically that. And we decided to instead replace it with freeform York sadness chat <laughs> new feature every week <laughs> I tell a sad anecdote from times I've been in York and a debate on portion sizes every week we pick a food and then discuss how much one should eat that sounds to me like a reasonable feature I'm prepared to make that a regular feature have you ever had uh, I mean obviously you won't you've been vegan for 10 years but 11 actually thank you I apologise the the frisson of excitement when one would break off not one but two petit flou. <laughs> uh, yeah, two different flavors, obviously. Obviously, well, um, like a, a Kellogg's variety pack. Mm. See, that's one serving. You need to eat four of them. Well, but at least with that, you get different flavors of cereal, so it's like a sort of six and a half course meal. My pot of yogurt says, really, you should be having a hundred gram servings, but I've been having one, two, five. You rebel. Once you've tipped out your, your eight different variety pack boxes. That's one serving, is it? That's one serving. I'm one woman. I can't eat yoghurt fast enough to get to the eat within this many days unless I have four portions instead of five. They don't sell smaller pots of Greek yoghurt. They definitely do smell, smell smaller, smart, smeat, yoghurt. You need to look into this. Look into yoghurt. <laughs> yes. This is our new feature, look into yoghurt. We did say we were going to workshop some new features, so portion chat, which will obviously be called and such small portions too. Yeah, obviously. That so that's our new feature about portions. Uh, we'll do some more new features called. Oh God, 
I think looking to yogurt's got legs. I think I think we can go with that one. If your yogurt has legs, get away from it. Okay. Do you remember these yogurts? I think they were called UFOs, but they might have been pronounced UFOs or something. But um, they were round with a thing in the middle, with a hole in the middle, with like a little alien with a dome on it. It was like a Kinder Egg, but a yogurt. You got a little toy. Somebody put a picture of that on Facebook the other day, saying who remembers this yogurt? And I thought I don't remember this being a BuzzFeed article called "This Is Your Facebook," but I totally did remember that yogurt. And they were called like UFOs or Fumos or something. Yeah. God, yogurt from the past. When we're in America, I want to go grocery shopping and buy loads of weird American groceries. Okay. Sold. My song. What's your song, Rosie? Well, I was meant to see Franz Ferdinand and Sparks, but I wasn't well enough. But I'm actually not that fussed. It's fine. So instead of having a Franz Ferdinand Sparks song, because I've not listened to the album, here's another Sparks song. We had a Sparks song for this feature a couple of episodes ago when I did their Sparks song about Morrissey by Sparks. This is number one song in heaven by Sparks, which plays over the credits to the Alan Partridge film. <laughs> Sticky toffee pudding. Sparks. This is a great song. I think you'd hate it. Snack. Um, I'm going to go... Is it Fum- Fumo yogurts? <laughs> yeah, these yogurts. I uh, don't know if you remember them, but they were like a big round tub and they had a hole in. They had like little aliens and thing with a dome. But how many of those would you have? How many constitutes a portion? My snack is I'd forgotten <laughs> this feature existed, so I didn't select one. Oh, God, every week, because I, I don't have to come up with anything and I tend to be bossing you around on what feature we're doing, so I usually just plough on through. Shall I have a snack? Bagel with... Obviously not. Chocolate spread on it with chopped up banana on it because that's what I had yesterday. It's really nice. Oh, my Abel and Cole box had raspberries in it today. Well, lucky you. Oh, I know because I said I didn't want a melon. So you get a replacement fruit. I don't know how raspberries are an equivalent. She don't want a melon, so give her a tank. Okay. I've got too many potatoes. You can never have too many potatoes. You literally can. Oh, chips oh mash them because you always need a lot more potatoes if you're mashing them than you do if you're just eating them boiled so it's a kind of a weird like compression black hole time and space thing just where do they go no i'm going to make potato salad to go with the three quarters of a quiche i have left or you could do that needle and fed needle and fed what is that jessica why it is a completed humphrey Rosie is holding up a knitted elephant uh, oh, yes. that I can see over Skype. This is not a visual medium. It's, no, it's not working for everyone else. It's lovely. It looks exactly like it does on the tin. Thank, thank you. The eyes I was terrified about. They are spot on. Thank you. This little face looks like Humphrey. And I did that at 11 o'clock at night. So. <laughs> Until yesterday, this cuddly elephant, photos of which will be available on an internet near you, was still in what we will call snowman phase, in that it was the head on the body with the trunk and the hair, nothing else. I had knitted all the limbs. Like a cottage loaf. Yes, if a cottage loaf had a trunk and hair. Obviously. I had knitted all the limbs and put together one of the arms, but I'd not put together the other limbs or the ears. I've been knitting loads of my Yosemite Falls cardigan, which we'll come on to. And I thought, this is absurd. We're going to record a podcast. And every week I say, I've not done it. So I'll put it together. And I was embracing the wonk. And it's not as wonky as I thought it was going to be. Its trunk is a very peculiar ankle. So I was rattling along. And then I did one of the ears, because I actually had to knit those. And that was all great. And then I did the other ear. And I did it about four or five times, because it just couldn't get my head around. The the ears are mirror images of each other, understandably. And I did one, and I followed the instruction and put it on the head. And then I did the other one. The angles didn't seem to work. It seemed to be exactly the same as the first ear, which obviously wouldn't work because it had to go on the other side. And then I thought, hang on, the one I've done 
said it was the right ear, but I've put it on the left, but that's clearly the way around it should be. Is it my right? Is it his right? What's going on? And eventually just thought, oh, you can just, just do it again properly. I unraveled it about three or four times. They're very small. It was okay. And bodged it together, and it looks... You, you would have no, no idea. Idea. It's not a pun. It's just a noise. I could have stopped when the ear wasn't working. I thought maybe I should just stop and finish it in the morning. And then I was getting so annoyed, and I'd been sitting in bed way longer than I meant to, watching eight episodes of Once Upon a Time, that I just ploughed on through. And I thought, right, don't, you don't need to do the embroidery. You'll just... And then I just did all the embroidery and completely finished it. Very good. I'm rather pleased. My cast-on edges are very loose, so it's hard when you're sewing things on like that to kind of get that neat. But I think it yeah. looks... I mean, the, you can see that there, like the seams on the his legs actually sit quite flat. Yeah, that looks good. Maybe you could look at a different cast-on method or something. I don't know. Well, that sounds terrifying. But what I'm going to do is knit his little dungarees so he won't be able to see most of the seams. Well, there you go. Uh, so he is finished. Is finished. And adorable. And I'm just absolutely thrilled. I put a picture of him on Facebook expecting, you know, a few of my more tolerant friends to say, yeah, that's well, well, well done. done. And yeah. actually, everyone has just agreed it's the best thing ever done by humankind. It's the finest achievement known to woman. Yeah, the the wheel, fine. Penicillin, all right, I guess. Knitted Humphrey, spot on. How's your stuff? Who are you? What? Have you done any? This for you? Are you pe- yes, I have. Actually, I have started knitting. We had a sponsored silence at Brownies last week. Uh, so everyone had to bring in activities or books or stuff that they could do quietly. So I brought some knitting. And I started knitting another pair of the booties that I had knitted for one friend for their baby. And now I've got another friend who... As a baby, so they're going to get some booties as well, and they don't listen, so it's fine. Okay. Um, I've tried to go for neutral colours because I don't know, and gender non-specific. I think everyone should have you know, like neutral colours anyway. But I happen to have some pink with kind of colourful flecks in it, and I knew that one of them was going to be a girl. Yeah, it's understandable. Uh, and I think that particular one would be would be tricky to pull off for a, a small boy, but I've got some sort of grey and green and cool stuff trying to decide whether gray is an appropriate color for a small child i think it's fine i think gray with a bright color would be with like the green would be fine it's quite a bright green it's the uh the green of, of the froggy hoodie i i knew it would be yeah because i had some left over so my yosemite falls cardigan i finished one sleeve i'm doing the other sleeve i did make a small mistake when i was doing the first one which is that it said pick up six stitches along the armhole at the bottom and it said put marker b basically I put two marker bees around these bees, as in <laughs> they, they refer to markers A, B, and C. Not I've pinned some bees to a cardigan. That would be vicious and cruel. Instead of with these six stitches, I've put a stitch either side of these six stitches. You're meant to put one in the middle, so with three at the side. And then, so obviously, when it says you know knit two six stitches before marker b but you've ended up nine stitches before right yes it, it hasn't impacted um it, it still fits but it means that the um puffed sleeve is slightly smaller but i, I think that's oh, yeah. you know it's still obviously a puffed sleeve oh definitely it looks cute thank you so and I, I did the ribbing a little bit longer than the pattern requires although frankly i think i'd i'd rather have continued even further so the other one is i'm nearly done the ribbing on that sleeve but what i'm thinking about with the body is if i hold it up to show jessica there you will see that the ribbing is very short at the bottom. And I don't like the way that looks when I try it on. You have to start the ribbing at the end of one of the lace repeats. And I kind of want to rip it out and start it out one repeat earlier so it's tighter oh, yeah. on the body. 
Yeah, that would be nice. That's the thing. And I know it would be a big, like, that's a couple of days worth of knitting to rip out. But I'm much more likely to wear it if it's got the fitted waist. Yeah. And there's no point spending hours on something that you're not going to wear. Oh, days and days. If you're not redoing the lace repeat and you're just doing the ribbing, that won't take you as long to re-knit. No. And I quite like, you know, just knit, knit, knit. That's fine. Well, knit and purl. I think it means that I'm more likely to wear it and it will be easier to wear it with things because it will fit better on if I'm wearing a sort of high skirt that actually hits my waist. And I like that. Um, and so I want to do that before I put the uh, button bands on, obviously. Yeah, so that will be a set me back a couple of, well, a while, but not too much. And that will then just have the neck band and button band to do, um, which, as I've said before, I'm going to change slightly and do as all one piece. And then that should be all done. Uh, I think what I'd like to do afterwards is use the pattern as a basis to knit another cardigan like this without the lace perhaps and with the sleeves um, but I'd make the sleeves bigger even bigger I think than they're meant to be and I'd slightly change the V on it because I prefer it if it was slightly deeper because it's it's sort of oddly it almost comes to being like a round neck and I would prefer it if, if it was a sort of V-neck the construction of it works really well uh, I really like the way that you, the sleeves kind of get set in and picked up I just think they're really neat I'm saying that's Jessica now do you um, pick them up from the body? Yeah, because I'd been doing these slipped stitches at the beginning of each row, it made it really easy to pick up because it was pick up one stitch for every two rows. I see, just pick up the slip stitches. Exactly, so they were these quite big... St- I mean, it, it means that there are some points where you can see there's a slight gap because... I mean, it's, it's very neat, but that's that's the... Because they're obviously bigger. Oh yeah, but it looks quite nice. And it's a lacework cardigan, so I think you can get away with it. So you pick up these stitches and on the first row of the sleeve, it's knit front, back, front, back. So basically you knit four stitches into each stitch for 16 stitches, which is kind of ridiculous, <laughs> but uh, it's good. Um, yes, and I'd like, so I'd like to adapt it slightly and take out the, the lace and use a better yarn because this yarn, it has worked now, but it's, it's too tough really for this cardigan. I think this cardigan would benefit from being a little more lofty but I, I bought some wool while I was in York a, a new wool shop has opened in York uh, so I visited that one and gave it some patronage and I bought it's very patronizing I found wool do bought this sock wool oh, that's which nice. is Serdar Heart and Soul S-O-L-E of course what I really want is some 10 centimeter DPNs because the standard DPNs I've got are 20 centimeters the ones I bought are 15 centimeters and they're 3.5 millimeters I want some 2.5 millimeter, 10 centimeter DPNs for sock knitting because otherwise you have these enormous big sticks for a very small circumference of sock. I did some cursory research and finding short DPNs seemed to be a bit of a nightmare. Then I went to Ram Shambles, which is the very nice wool shop that has already always been there. I try and buy local yarn when I'm there. And they didn't have quite so much the sort of hand-dyed stuff that they've had previously, but they did have some of the West Yorkshire spinners. So they had a little section of Yorkshire wool. Um, So I bought this Aran, which has lots of blue and orange, but it's also got some red in it. And I bought one ball because I liked it. And I now understand what people mean when they say that wool smells sheepy. And it smells really nice. Also, the word sheepy is fun to say. It's 75% wool and 25% nylon. So I bought this and went off and did some pattern research, sitting in the Minster Gardens using my iPad tethered to my phone, because old and new, modern and ancient. That's you. That's me. She looks young, but she likes Countryfile. And tea. Everybody I know. I've really got into Countryfile. It's very you. I love Countryfile. I haven't watched Countryfile for ages. Oh, because it's on when I'm at work. I've got it on my series link. Anyway, 
So I bought this, looked up some patterns, went back and bought two more balls. And there were actually two other ones, but the way they were wound, a different colour was on the outside, so I thought it was a different colour. But actually it was the same, but I didn't feel the need to buy all five. Because I thought at that point, I'd want six to guarantee a jumper. You only have five. So I could buy all five and risk not quite having enough. What I'm going to do is I found a pattern for an Aran shawl, which should be quite nice. We'll definitely have enough for that from two balls and then from... The third, I will, um, I'm going to knit Rigby a coloured jumper. Lovely. Needle and Fed has been properly in depth this week because I've done so much. I know. It's on, it's all, all new. I've been uh, very nondescript. And I baked a banana bread yesterday because I had some bananas. What were on the turn? Oh, I'm glad you said that. I need to do that this afternoon. This weather is not, it's not good for bananas, is it? It's just, no. They just don't last. I was in the supermarket the other day and um, a lad said, so, shall we get some bananas? And his mum went, no, because I'm sick of throwing them away. <laughs> And I was like, this is this is everyone's life right now. Well, I did a big shop on Wednesday last week. I got, got to a Friday and thought, oh God, I'm going on holiday. I've got so much food. It was fine. I gave our parents two avocados and they came over and ate some mackerel with me. That was noble of them. Very noble. And I put the bananas in the fridge. So they'd gone beyond the eating stage, but were perfectly fine for cooking. So just, yeah, knocked a banana bread that so perfectly fits in a Tupperware box. I can't quite believe. I, well, I assume that the Tupperware box and the cake tin I use just have the same dimensions but it was it was great made myself chocolate cake a couple of weeks ago that uh lasted well shall we say and I finished it up you know it hadn't gone moldy it just slightly lost some of its luster pop it in the microwave that packs it up but it's too late now not if it's got buttercream on because that'd be gross banana bread which I might pop in the freezer because I like the idea that I'm the kind of person who can say don't worry I've got a banana bread in the freezer for whenever what What have have we seen seen this week week? what What have have we seen seen this week? week Uh, well, for one, we've seen a video of Chewbacca speaking. The old man's mad. Yes. <clears throat> on BuzzFeed, there was an article about the shrine to a dead raccoon that appeared on the street. I've not seen that. It was in Two Bossy Dames, which is that there was a dead raccoon on the street, and somebody rang up the city of Toronto, Parks and Recreation Department, and said, hey, there's a raccoon on the street. And they said, that's fine, we'll come and sort that out, don't you worry. And then, like, the next day it was still there. And there's somebody else like, hey, so there's uh, a dead raccoon on the street. It's now slightly on the turn. At which point, flowers appeared next to it. And a framed photo of a raccoon. Like, it was a picture of said raccoon as a memorial. (laughs) And then a piece of paper that said, hashtag dead raccoon. And people started, like, leaving notes for this raccoon. I mean, incredible. I like that very much. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm sorry, it wasn't the next day, it was six hours. Oh, that's less gross. From Clickhole, who did the oral history of Mad Men, there, oh, yes. there's a, an article called We Asked Eight Famous Authors for the Most Important Advice They'd Give to Young Writers. Here's, here's the advice from Donna Tart. When you start writing, it's tempting to make every character Tom Hanks. I know I wrote at least a hundred stories where all the characters were Tom Hanks, because I thought that was real or authentic or something. But it wasn't. In real life, most people aren't Tom Hanks. They're other people, except for the one guy who is Tom Hanks. Be honest in your writing and limit yourself to one Tom Hanks character. (laughs) While I was away, I read Excellent Women by Barbara Pym. And that book speaks to me on a very deep level. Good. It was really good. It was really good. I have not read it. I have finished The Rosie Project, though. What did you think? I thought it was disposable but inoffensive. Uh, yes, I, th- I thought so. I rather enjoyed it. We've talked about them before. The Ellis, James and John Robbins podcast on XFM. We have, yes. Totally got a mention on episode 72. Well done. The 27th of 6th, because I told them about the time I was on television buying Harry Potter 7, dressed as about the tricks of the strange. 
And that caused them to have a fight about Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> so I'm famous now. Should I have my hot meal now? Or should I have quiche now? No, I'm going to have a hot meal now because I can't guarantee it'll be hot meal weather when I get in. That's true. Um, and then you've got more time to make the potato salad to go with your quiche. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of lunch, I think it might be lunchtime. Yeah, I think it's lunchtime. Well, we'll be back mm, in a week. Ten days. Get back on track. Yeah. I'll speak to you later because I only connects back tonight. Yes, it is. It's super exciting. That was in our top five quizzes. Don't remember what episode. Dig it out. We will be back in ten weeks. A week. Some days. Okay. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Don't see. Elsa? To find out more and to read show notes for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at hello at rosieandjessica.co.uk. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Day of Fun Show. Don't forget you can find all of our archives and leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. See you soon.